We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to an episode of ATW, and I am very excited because he's here with us today. Will Washington. Wait, 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 wait. All Elite Will. Wait, wait, wait. AEW Will. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's all I've got. Will Elite. <laughs> Will Washington. What's up, Will? Hey, Denise. You know, I have missed that theme song. Like, genuinely, I actually have missed it. It was like a great part of my week. And uh, I am genuinely happy to be here. I'm happy to be doing the show. Uh, I don't know. I like it was weird because I did this whole like goodbye to podcasting thing. And uh, like I did this countdown week. I left Grap City and, and uh, I did my goodbye to this show. And then, like within the first two weeks of being at AEW, like, hey, when a host, then it was like, hey, when a host AEW unrestricted, I'm like, yes. And so, <laughs> uh, so I I am still technically doing this every week with Aubrey Edwards over on AEW unrestricted, but nonetheless, it's different here, right? Because like, I don't know, for people who who aren't aware, but I feel like if you follow either one of us, you're you're fairly aware that regardless of us doing this podcast, we've still remained fairly good friends. I think we talk more now than we did. Are we allowed? We were doing the, you know, yeah, people sure. online are like really weird about it. They're, I remember <laughs> when you gave me a birthday present and people were like, why is Will giving Denise a birthday present? Oh yeah. They were like, oh, the buttering up the wrestling media. Here we go. I'm like, okay. Uh, or people are just friends. Have you ever heard, thought of that? Cause like you and I, we went to uh, the Mariah concert together, uh, which that was, a funny story <laughs> we missed so much of it <laughs> but oh my god you need to tell that story right as soon as you're done you need to tell that story okay yeah either way we we did go to uh mariah concert like the thing is we're we're still really close we still talk all the time it turns out that uh friendships extend beyond professional wrestling who knew uh and so by the way how's that easy bake oven and so i still haven't tried it will <laughs> That's okay. Because I, I have you to. Hadn't. I have to get the mix in, so I have to actually do like the. You know, I have to get like the little cupcake stuff and things to actually do it. So it's literally been sitting there in my kitchen since the moment I got it, waiting to be used. Don't worry, I'm Look, gonna use. Not it. gonna lie, I, I basically got it as a novelty because, as it turns out, you have a real oven. You don't actually need to do that. But uh, I, either way. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that we're doing this show. And uh, I, I would say that the last like seven months, actually, it's almost eight months. It's been eight months since uh, I started with All Elite Wrestling. It's, you know, I, I don't feel like the same person from eight months ago. <laughs> uh, whenever people stop me at events, I, I say this all the time, that... Uh, They'll say, hey, I miss you on Grapsy, miss you on RBR, miss you on After the Week, um, but it's great to see you here. And my response is always like, if I started doing those shows today, started them again, you would not get the same me that you got eight months ago because uh, I think just a lot of things have, have changed with me in eight months and a lot of my thought processes have changed uh, in the best way. Um, but either way, that's why we're here today because uh, like there's a lot to talk about we got world's end coming up literally tomorrow night pay-per-view live bleacher report and uh thriller tv international 
But like, there's so much to talk about, and uh, I'm just excited to be here. This is fun. So but yeah, we gotta we talk about the this. wrestling. You gotta share the Mariah Carey story. Oh, wait, everyone wait, wait, here. Wait. <laughs> Denise, we we got stuff to get into without the wrestling. Period. Like, I I have a lot, but uh, we'll start with the Mariah story and how um, for the first time I had. We, we didn't miss much because I went to two Can Mariah concerts. Can you please concerts. reveal how much I paid for that ticket, too? It needs to be part of the story. Oh, do you really want to admit that? You yeah, admit I'm, I'm willing to admit that. All right, you paid like 600 bucks for your ticket. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, you paid that much for your ticket. Um, and so did I, so it's whatever. But, yeah, that's how much was paid for your, your ticket. Um, so uh, we got there fairly late. Uh, I would say when we walked in, they were doing the Christmas cover of My All. It was the um, it was the choir cover of that. And so if you look at the set list, which you can find online, you'll probably find out how much of the concert we actually missed uh, through the process of simply leaving late, trying to find parking. And we parked like so far away that we needed to Uber from our parking spot. Hollywood to- Bowl, ladies and gents. To the Hollywood Bowl. Um, that's how far we ended up having to park. And like in hindsight, we probably should have just Ubered to begin with. But that would have been an expensive Uber. Uh, so regardless, we missed a lot of the show. Um, but on the positive side, as Denise is we not so much We missed 40 a- minutes of the show, Will. We got there and we thought the show had just started. And we're like, oh, uh-huh. we probably missed two songs because we thought the show started later. We get uh-huh. in there and everybody's like, where were you guys? And we're like, what are you talking about? We're not even that late. Oh, it wasn't the until it ends. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't know. We were like, I looked at you and I was like, Will, the concert's over? Oh, yeah. No, so we, we got to see the entire medley of hits because essentially we missed all the Christmas stuff. We saw her whole medley of hits and all I want for Christmas is you. That's what we got. And as you tend to not be a Christmas Mariah person, um you didn't have to because when i went and saw her later on i was like you know what hindsight denise didn't miss a whole lot uh like if you're a christmas mariah person we missed a bunch but if you wanted to skip all the christmas stuff and get to just her hits we didn't miss anything uh so you have that going for unless you wanted to see her kids perform did you want to see her kids perform not really i was there for mariah but i was just like the whole time i was like god damn it we missed half this concert i spent this money on this ticket and i missed most of the mariah carey concert and will it was all your fault i blame you for that because you were like oh yeah denise the concert's gonna start at this time did not start at that because because on night one she did start at that time (laughs) And then we went to the second night and she started earlier. And then when I went to her fourth night, she started later again. And so it was like, uh, I couldn't. I, I Either way, I want to talk about something else, though, Denise, because this has been something I've been like waiting to talk about <laughs> for the last week. You want to talk about friendship stuff. All right, here we go. I'm about to get roasted. I could feel it already. Okay, so. I want to take people back to the final regular episode of After the Week with Will and Denise. Uh, Because there was a discussion that was had on that episode that somehow eight months later found itself relevant. Let's play that clip, shall we? Uh, Producer, can we get that clip? Uh, IDR, if non-wrestlers get the all elite, but I'm going to pop when you get yours, Will. You deserve it, bro. Says Black 
macro kid macro kid (laughs) macro god damn it (laughs) i hate it you guys need to come up with easier names to read it's because well first of all my vision's not great by the way so i'm looking i don't for some reason will i don't know how you feel when you're like reading people's um when you're reading people's super chats do you read them when they're on the screen to the front of you or do you read them to the side because i have this my my thing is i read them on the side instead of on the big screen and so i struggle with my vision and glasses denise because no because no (laughs) why why are you so offended by this are we going glasses (laughs) no but denise if this is a necessity no i don't care if it's a necessity when i was a kid will they sent my mom a freaking letter that said i needed glasses you know what i freaking did i tore it up (laughs) he tore that shit up threw it away my mom never found out to this day she does not know that they sent me a letter saying that i needed glasses glasses do not go on this face okay like do you like okay because i have like a really round face and like like chunky cheeks like i look like a cabbage patch can you imagine adding glasses to that i hate you will (laughs) i hate you i would like to update people on this situation (laughs) because denise salcedo uh decided to what what possessed you to actually go get an eye exam by the way the universe kept showing me eye commercials <laughs> and i was like the universe is trying to tell me something mm-hmm. and what did your eye exam determine denise well first of all i learned that i should have probably gone to you because you explained the entire eye exam and they did three tests and they basically determined that this eye here is fucked up. And from far Which away- Which is what you were saying back on that clip, by the way. You knew that. far away, if I cover this eye, everything here is blurry. For example, I'm seeing blurry right now from far away. Like I can't read the super chats from here or the comments from here. And so I, I, got, I got the glasses. Denise got glasses, folks. I'm not, I promised I wouldn't show them to the world. You did me dirty, though. But you, I did. You were begging for a photo, and I said, "No, Will, you're not going to get a photo." And this, this mf or Will, you freaking FaceTimed me. I did, and I screenshotted, and it's now your contact photo in my phone, Denise Salcedo with glasses because she has to wear them. And you know what? As I suspected, folks, they look fine. They look perfectly normal they look like any person you'd see on earth who has to wear glasses but denise is officially part oh she brought them on yes i'm only doing this for a second will and it's no 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 no. everybody everybody let her know this is does she not look perfectly normal with these glasses i think they look great look like a nerd no you look like denise wearing glasses this is fine do i I did tell you that you I did tell you that you needed anti-reflective on those. Yeah, I didn't can, even look. You can see that. Yeah, yeah, I told you that you needed that. But look, everybody's saying Denise looks great. Denise looks gorgeous. They look great. You look perfectly fine with glasses. But regardless, I knew it. And uh, 
<laughs> that was the update from this discussion. Denise Salcedo, officially an eyeglass wearer. And she's one of those people right now. And those of you with glasses know what this conversation, you either you were this person or you know somebody who was this person. But she's like, oh, I'm not going to wear them all the time. I'm just going to wear them for this, just going to wear them for that. And then one day it's going to become entirely too comfortable for her. And she's going to keep wearing them and keep wearing them until next thing you know, Denise Salcedo is just a permanent glasses wearer. Well, I cried over this, okay? I was she in a did. serious depression. When you called me, I was so depressed about it. Like, I went down this, I just sat there on the couch and I was like, my life is over. That was it. <laughs> this was a real thing that happened. I FaceTimed <laughs> her the, the moment she, uh, she texted me that she got them. I'm like, oh no, we're not. She's not getting away from me on this. And uh, yeah, you have glasses. Who Folks. You see this, you know this, it's fine. She's fine. Denise Salcedo, eyeglass wear. So, Will. Sorry, I'm being bothered by my cat right now, by the way, who's just decided that this is- Wanted my, to make my, an ATW. Yeah, uh, my, my lap was the place to be right now. Oh, and by the way, sorry, folks, I, I know you saw in the clip that I used to have the arcade going. Turns out the backlight went out on the screen and I literally just ordered a brand new screen for it like 20 minutes ago, uh, like right before the show started. So uh, no arcade going. That's not a thing at the moment. All right. Anyway, so, well, what were you going to say? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking you hard, hard questions. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, Will. So earlier you mentioned something about how you have now been with AEW for eight months. Now, yes. here's the thing. I was thinking about this, that this time last year, your life was so incredibly different. And now you're the last time you were here on the show was six months ago. And I still remember your first day where you were like, I'm going to wear a suit. I'm going to go every single day with my notebook. And you were like super, I like first going to school for the first time. Right. So yeah. Now that you have been there for eight months, you mentioned that you have changed. Tell mm -hmm. us about how you have changed. What are your confidence is how your confidence looks now, how you were, how you are now versus how you were like day one. I mean, so as far as the suit thing is concerned, man, that became too difficult to manage. Uh, that and I put on a whole lot of muscle and that suit I was wearing in my all league graphic didn't even fit anymore. Like literally in the shoulders, I went to put on the jacket and it like almost felt like it was going to rip. So there's that aspect of it. And thank you, uh, Prince Nana, for being the one who um, I was going to say, are you going to reveal the story? It made me start going to the gym. No, I'm not going to fully reveal that story. But uh, that's the reason I, I started putting on muscle was was my my buddy Prince Nana. Um but as far as the so that was one thing that like didn't really last like i just i still haul it out for like big pay-per-views like you saw me at forbidden door i was wearing it um but like tv to tv it's like i'm usually in my AEW hoodie and uh that's that's pretty much it um and then i do carry the notebook i've become a very i've very much become a pencil guy uh i started with pen and i noticed everybody around uses pencil and I was like, I wonder why this is. And then uh, I realized that it's because wrestling is ever changing. And uh, wrestling being such an ever changing entity, you never want to put anything down in pen because you never know what could happen tomorrow. And so you write in pencil. And that's, that's, and you know, I, I've 
learned from everybody. Vince McMahon was a pencil guy. Like literally you're right in pencil when it comes to pro wrestling. Uh, that's the biggest lesson I think I've learned more than anything else. And that's such a great metaphor for the way everything works. Is that why Sanjay Dutt always has the pencil? It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a, he's a big pencil guy. And I, I, I learned a lot from Sanjay. I love Sanjay. Uh, and, uh, but those are all custom pencils. He literally, those, those all have his name on them. Um, so I, one day, like, I'm just a straight up Ticonderoga guy. Uh, literally, uh, my wife bought me like four boxes of Ticonderoga pencils. Um, and that's, that's what I do. That's, that's probably been one of my biggest changes is, uh, but I mean, ultimately, look, I, I, I am behind the scenes on pro wrestling TV. And that is something that I wasn't at this point a year ago. So everything about my outlook on pro wrestling as a whole has definitely shifted and changed. There's no places I'm the same. No. And I, you know, I got to tell you, Will, I saw the change in you. Just like listening to your conversations and things that you would say, I was like, oh my God, it's so wild. Like, but in a good way though, I think you changed in a good way where I feel like you just have a different perspective on the wrestling business and how things work, especially now that you're in the trenches. And that's the thing that, uh, I think it was a couple days ago, or maybe even yesterday. Yeah. I think it was yesterday. Tony Khan did a media call for World's End previewing the show and all of that good stuff. One of the things that he mentioned was how you, Mike Mansuri, Brian Danielson, Sanjay Dudd, Jimmy Jacobs were all pitching ideas to him. (laughs) Your click. (laughs) You just named. uh, Yeah, that's that's great. Um, But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So with, you know, with that being said, it's as your friend, I look at that and I go, damn, like Will Washington, like I know Will Washington, like that's his name, you know, takes a second for me, like it's the Will Washington that I know. So for you, have you had like these moments where you're sitting in there and you're, you know, obviously it's work, but have you had those moments where you're like, shit, man, pinch me. Like, what am I like? This is crazy how my life turned this direction after all of these years of being a podcaster i mean yeah there are times where i find myself in a conversation with like brian danielson and people say all this i mean i've said for years that this guy is my favorite wrestler of all time and there are times where we'll just be in a regular conversation or we'll talk on the phone or something like that and i'll just go what the hell i'm having a conversation with my favorite wrestler ever like this is just a thing this is my life um and i almost i've reminded him of that too i've literally said straight to brian danielson that like i have to say this will never not be weird that uh we're colleagues now and uh a year ago like literally uh, right above this monitor uh, one day i'll show it but literally right above this monitor there's a brian danielson poster right behind like as i look into the camera i have to be looking at brian danielson holding a championship like it that's like literally the fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you is a quote that i keep right here and that's an important one for me like brian danielson is uh has always been such an inspiration to me um just viewing him but working with him even more so he is and uh yeah that's definitely one of those places where it's hugely changed Brian Danielson, and I think a lot of people feel this way, is when you, we, we, we see him on TV as this extraordinary wrestler, a wrestler that we're so lucky to like be around and be able to see wrestle in real time. So when you're you know, back there doing your job and whatnot and doing everything that you do with Brian Danielson specifically, where has, has there ever been a moment where you are looking at him and going, damn this dude's a freaking genius. Like, have you had that moment? Cause he's a genius wrestler. So 
Yeah, <laughs> but not moment. But not about but like those moments that come aren't like about pro wrestling. Brian Danielson is so like educated on the most random stuff. And like I almost want the next person that interviews him. I'm going to give throw you a bone here. Um because in the process of asking him about his eye patch, uh um I you know made a pirate reference and he proceeds to then educate me on the history of pirates. And just the amount of stuff that this guy's brain just like holds about the most I, the random i can't even call it random because i can almost imagine what took him on that path to get there and learn all of this but it's it's amazing like i love picking brian's brain about non-wrestling stuff because uh it's it's fun and i think that that's the type of person he is is like he loves taking in uh knowledge about so many different things in the history of the world and i think that's really cool that is really freaking cool. I feel like I would love to sit down and talk to, with Brian Danielson and get his thoughts, like just based off of like the media scrums, some of the things he said in the media scrums. I'm just sitting there like Brian Danielson really just said that right now. Uh, he's had some really good gems for sure. Um, okay, so here's the thing though. In pro wrestling, on social media, on Twitter, here in the YouTube chat, like literally everywhere. Fans love, 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 including myself, to pitch ideas, to come up with creative, to come up with things, how things should be booked, how things shouldn't be booked, it's stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we know that not everybody has great ideas. I've had some really shitty ideas. So with that being said, Will, when you're in a position of creative, what's your process? Because for you, like, let's say you come up with an idea. How do you know? How do you trust yourself? that it's a good idea and how do you run with it? So like, what's your creative process? Um, I mean, it's hard to know that anything's going to be a good idea. Um, because, uh, as Jimmy Jacobs likes to say, nothing has happened until it's happened. And even still, even when it's happened, you, it, you don't, you can anticipate that the crowd reaction is going to go one way and it goes a completely different direction. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I've got to pivot on this. And so, um, for me, I, you know, it, it helps me to have a plan A, B, and C when it comes to like certain ideas that I'm working with. And, um, you know, there's, there have been examples of things that, uh, you know, I, I thought I was attached to, and then I watched kind of the way it played out. And I was like, okay, this needs to pivot just a little bit. Um, you know, but it, it, because I think fan reactions tend to be fairly, at least for me, easy to anticipate but at the same time uh you can be completely thrown for a loop on anything in pro wrestling and that's uh that's been a big part of the learning process for me is not staying attached to anything because anything can change the thing about pro wrestling again it's not like uh any other form of fictional entertainment where uh you you film an entire season and you throw it out there and you just hope that it's all going to be received well like we're changing week to week to week right because uh and it's not to say the process changes a lot of the times um our creative does stay exactly the way it was going to go but for the most part you run into those situations where because we're literally live every single week uh anything can happen in that process and that's the fluidity of professional wrestling and that was one of the first lessons i had to learn and uh but it's it was one of my favorite lessons and i think uh, at this point i i very much just enjoy the creative process i enjoy being a part of it i enjoy those conversations with everybody and uh and then just getting to have conversations with the talent as well and kind of figuring out what they see 
what we as a company see and then kind of figuring out what that middle ground actually is and how to proceed with that on TV. See, I love that because just like even before you got this job, I always felt that you just had this like different mind when it came to pro wrestling. So I remember like the first thing I said when you got hired, I was like, this dude was freaking meant for this job just based off of like knowing you and hearing your thoughts on certain things. So I think you have a really good instinct when it comes to uh, what you think might be cool, what you think might work. And one of the things that you mentioned was crowd reactions. And that is like so key, so pivotal. But when you're coming in and you're the new kid, the new kid on the block, right? When you come in and you're the new person, for you, when did you finally start feeling more comfortable and confident in yourself to be like, all right, this is exactly like something that I want to make sure I throw out there in the creative meeting so that, you, you know, because sometimes I know that when you're new, you might you might doubt yourself. Oh, yeah. No, are you kidding me? Uh, there was a, a very long learning period for me where I was like, you know, that imposter syndrome is definitely setting in. And it's even worse when I'm like, oh, I, I came from the complete other side. I came from the wrestling media side. Like, I, I do I belong here? Should I be here? And uh, really what it took was just little creative wins here and there of just like speaking up just a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until uh, I, I definitely, you know, I guess I'll still call you when that day comes uh, when I feel like uh, completely comfortable. But at the same time, I think that drives me to want to be better at this and want to be, I, I'll never ever feel like I've got this down, but uh, I definitely have taken a step back and, and have gone at times like, you know what? I do feel better about this. I do feel better in my role. I do feel better in my position. Who's been the person that you feel has really helped you on that side of things to go with your gut, maybe give you some advice, teach you how some of the stuff works behind the scenes? Because uh, obviously, you know, we know that there's so much that goes into production, uh, putting together a show timing i mean there's so many different things that like us the fans we probably don't think of that now you're like so fully cognizant of but for you who's been that person that you feel has really helped you out like in the learning process i mean it's been across the board because i learned a lot uh i just told him recently that you know sanjay dutt has taught me a ton um but also uh who recently left qt marshall i learned a lot from um, and through our process, I've learned a lot from Jimmy Jacobs. I learned a lot from Tony Khan, though. I learned a ton from Tony. Uh, and and then also there's guys like Chris Jericho and Chris Hero and, uh, and of course, Brian Danielson, as we mentioned. Um, there's so many different guys who I think, uh, whether it's helping me understand the creative process of things, helping me understand the production process. Mike Mansuri, by the way, also is just uh, the – a wealth of so much knowledge and in and uh, all from his own experiences in professional wrestling. Um, and again, there's Z Malenko, Jerry Lynn. I mentioned Jerry Lynn before, but Jerry Lynn, I'm always learning from. Uh, and it's again, like I said, it's there's there's so much uh, knowledge in AEW, and I try to just take a little bit from everybody, from every side of things when it comes to. I'm learning the production side of things, learning the creative side of things, learning the in-ring side of things. Um, not that I'm talking about taking any bumps anytime <laughs> soon, but at the same time, just learning the process of it. Because, uh, you know, that, uh, I, I recognize that there is a unique perspective that I offered in, in coming to AEW. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to combine that perspective with 
the knowledge of the creation of it. And uh, I never want to stop learning. Like when it comes to anything I do, I never want to stop learning. And this has been an incredible learning experience through it all. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been something that I, I think, um, again, like I said, th there's always going to be that imposter syndrome that's like, uh, okay, I, I beat myself up about a lot. But at the same time, it's like watching where I've come so far, I, I feel pretty good about a lot of it. That's awesome. I think the, the key thing to that was like getting little wins here and there, creative wins here and there, where it really starts to, you know, click with you and kind of like boost your confidence. Because in this type of role, I feel like you've got to be really confident. You've got to obviously know the product very well, know the history of AEW, which you do. So that's something that's very cool. Yeah. And there's... <laughs> There are times where I feel like, uh, like I'm always good for that kind of stuff, right? If it's like a, uh, um, I remember back for Dynamite 200, uh, we had the, uh, we had that history of AEW or history of Dynamite video package we did um, that showed, you know, two years or sorry, four years worth of Dynamite moments, 200 episodes worth. Yeah, obviously, like, it's peeling back a little bit. Um, you know, if there's a brain that can be relied on to remember all of those moments and pull them up and, and make sure that we get all of the best moments from AEW's history. But uh, <laughs> beyond that... It's terrifying, actually. It's very terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, hey, I feel useful. Are you kidding me? This is great. So that, that's, that's that kind of stuff where, like, that kind of thing will come in handy. And then it's little things like getting to use it creatively and, and things like that. It's, it's always great. So before we get to the Super Chats, I, I have a couple more questions that I want to ask you. So, Will, you mentioned earlier kind of working with uh, in a different talents, getting to see talent grow. And now that you've been there for, for eight months, you've seen a lot of talent go from where they were at to where they're at now. Uh, so with that being said, who are some of the names that you're just like really proud of now that you've seen the behind the scenes of their growth in AEW? Sky Blue is probably the person I just... I watch and uh, watching her grow into the role she's growing into, I think is really, really cool. You did an interview, by the way, with um, with Claudio or that just dropped today. Just dropped. It's up it. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys uh, had mentioned having the same source on. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, certain... I wonder who that person is. <laughs> yeah. Having a certain same source on that point that Claudio had the most matches in AEW slash ROH. But the forgotten part of that is that that's, he has the most for any male. Overall, the person who had the most matches between AEW and Ring of Honor is Sky Blue. Um, she uh, worked more than anybody uh, across AEW in 2023. She wrestled, I believe she's at 67 matches for the year. Uh, and so when you take, think about the fact that this is, uh, you know, we run, obviously there's 52 weeks in a year. We start a collision halfway through the year, but she's been working on average on TV, uh, more than once a week. And I think that that is just a testament to what she brings to the table, but this transformation of hers over the last three months, um, and you know, she got the new music, shout out butcher babies. She's, she's changed the look up. And uh, I just I see more and more from her every single week and uh, getting that victory this week over Chris Statlander, who hadn't been pinned, by the way, since uh, she was defeated by Ruby Soho back at Double or Nothing. Uh, 
sorry, the Friday before Double or Nothing, 2022. So we're talking about a year and a half ago. Granted, Chris was out a lot of that time, but even still, she hadn't lost even before the injury quite a bit. And so for Sky to pick up that victory, just watching her growth over the last three months, I think has been just incredibly awesome. That's so cool. I love that. She's getting, you know, so popular with the people. I think she's definitely going to have a wonderful 2024. So I'm excited to see that. So we were talking about you and your brain and all of these things that you remember, Will. It's so great. And you got your 2020 vision. It's so wonderful. <laughs> Will, here we go. Straight to you. I want your top five favorite AEW matches of this year. Oh, you cheated. I thought it was going to be three. Okay. Okay, fine. Uh, Give me three. Five? No, I can give you Okay, five. fine. Give me five. Um, okay. In order or not in any particular order? Okay. It's up to you. I want to do this. Do it. I want to do this from the time I started because I feel like my perspective from uh, prior to May is a little bit different. But from the time I started, uh, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay from Forbidden Door 2, um, I think, you know, I actually went out into the crowd to watch that and uh, I couldn't sit still. It was just uh really really special professional wrestling um i'm gonna say uh texas death um Swerve strickland versus hangman adam page i think is one of the most uniquely violent matches in the history of professional wrestling um and it was but it was also an engrossing match that called upon so much of the story that was built up until that point and uh yeah it's just watching it <laughs> from from the vantage point i was watching it at i i can't believe they did some of what they did and sort of literally stapling himself oh my god what was um, your reaction to the blood the blood in the mouth spot <laughs> um insanity uh that was more than more than anything else i just was like I, I, these men are insane uh then we've got the strap match um, between Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks. I think that that match at All Out 2023, um, like the all, all, all together, I think that was one of my favorite shows, period. But for those two to do what they did in that match, for Brian to essentially be, you know, he talked about it in the, the, the later in the, uh, the scrum, he talked about essentially it being a lot of smoke and mirrors, but like, who cares? So if you were telling an incredible story with incredible action um, and, you know, even uh, talking with Aubrey about it, who was the rep in that match and getting to be up close and personal with it. Uh, oh, my God, that was just an amazing piece of storytelling. It was an amazing piece of performance art. I thought what Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson did that night uh, with the strap was beautiful pro wrestling. Um, those are at least three I'd like to name, but there's always more. Um, I would like to jump because technically I work for two companies. I do work for All Elite Wrestling and for Ring of Honor. And over on the Ring of Honor side, the main event of Death Before Dishonor between uh, Willow Nightingale and the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion Athena, I think was a groundbreaking main event. I went out there and I watched it in person. Um, and that was in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, I went out there and I watched it in person and to see those two tear the house down um, in that main event and to see the people behind Willow the way they were and uh, just how intense that action got between the two of them. I thought they told a great story. I thought they had the crowd on their feet. I thought that the action was 
everything it needed to be and uh watching athena time and time again shut down the hopes and dreams of fans is uh quite a thing of beauty um that that one has to be mentioned and finally i am gonna go with okay i want to be fair here because there's so many other matches I can mention, but I'm actually going to jump over to AEW Rampage from the Continental Classic Blue League. And I'm going to say Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. I told Garcia when he came through the curtain that that was honestly the best match I had seen him have in his whole career. Uh, but those two, that was professional wrestling that was so good it was everything i love about professional wrestling um it was the the drama the storytelling the action the intensity the the near falls all of it i like literally knowing who was going to win for like half a second i actually bit on a falsy i literally was like oh is did they lie to me or something and then i went <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's uh, th th that wouldn't happen here. But for a moment, I was so sucked into that match that I bit on on I bit on the uh, on one of the uh, the false finishes, and those two just did such an amazing job with that match. I mean, the whole Continental Classic, I think, is some of the best stuff we've ever done. Uh, but that particular match really stood out to me as one of the ones. A lot of good stuff, man, in that Continental Classic. Uh, I, Reg, you know Reg. For the first thing he's, he's okay. Yeah, you've heard yeah. of that guy. So he had said that uh, literally Brian Danielson versus like anybody in that tournament. And I'm like, yeah, he's right. When it comes down to it, Brian Danielson versus everybody is literally what has been phenomenal in that tournament. But there's also been so many other guys, like you mentioned, Daniel Garcia, that really got over with that. When he got that one win, everybody popped so freaking Massive huge pop. for that. It was very good. Yes. Yes, that was incredible. Um, Will, we cut we got a couple of super chats here that I want to go ahead and get into. Uh, let's see what we got here. This is from Crazy101 who says, Glad to have Will back. Thanks for Swerve versus Lee. I uh, thank Tony. He is the booker of the show. <laughs> Chad722 says, Will is Denise the devil. Happy New Year's, guys. Yes, but not the one under the mask. Damn, Will Savage. <laughs> Amir F says, Denise got a water bottle. You know it right here. Heel Hammer sends in a, a, mess, a super chat saying Coastlaw. And uh, we got Glassdoor Gamer who says, I love the Swerve Hangman storyline. Will, how'd you feel, man, getting to see all of the buzz that came off of that feud, specifically for Swerve Strickland? Um, great. Uh, I think it was a uniquely told story. And I thought that uh, even though only one guy won, I feel like it really helped like i think it put swerve on the path he's on now um you know tony talked about this yesterday that every the rise of swerve strickland over this last six months has felt really organic and it feels like the fans are getting more and more and more into him um and for him to take two straight victories over a former AEW world champion but at the same time they, they weren't exactly the cleanest of victories and uh and i feel like hangman didn't necessarily lose anything in that story and so yeah i, I was just I thought it was incredible TV. 
It definitely was uh, my favorite feud of the year for AW 2023. We got Deontay Slanier here who says, just wanted to say I'm so excited about World's End and I'm so excited to see two of my most favorite people in the world. You two motivate me a lot and I'm glad you're both killing it. All love, guys. AEW World's End. I want to touch on that, of course. Uh, my first question in regards to that, Will, when you look at this card, because it is a massive freaking card, what are some of the matches that you're just like, all right, baby, let's go. Can't wait to see this. I mean, Denise, I don't know if you know this, but I work for All Elite Wrestling. So therefore, uh, I am always in promotion mode. So the answer is going to be all of them, baby. This is going to be quite the card. I mean, when you look at the entirety of this card we've got and i'm gonna go over all these matches here denise salcedo so go for it, uh, man. let's freaking go because we have got a 20 man battle royal for a future aew tnt championship match anytime anywhere uh we will announce the participants later but uh it's again i i think when it comes to battle royals we've had especially in 2023 like one of my favorite matches the one that should have gotten an honorable mention is the uh the international battle royal the blackjack battle royal from uh double or nothing this year uh that orange cassidy won but that that's one of my favorite battle royals ever uh but yeah to do this 20-man battle royal for a future tnt championship match i think is going to be a big deal we also have the ftw rules match for the ftw championship hook defending the title against ring of honor's pure champion uh and that would be wheeler yuda we've got uh and of course uh at any point more could be announced uh but we've also got on the main card uh we've got for the to crown the continental classic champion to crown the inaugural triple crown champion ring of honor world championship the uh new japan strong openweight championship and the aw continental championship we're talking about holding a championship across three entire companies eddie kingston will take on john moxley it's a story that's been brewing for so many years these guys have been the bitterest of enemies they've been the best of friends and now they uh Fate has brought them back together to go one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and this time, it's the finals of the Continental Classic. Eddie Kingston uh, went through quite a bit to get here. This is a man who started out the Continental Classic 0-2. And uh, as you knew watching it, three losses and you were out. And so Eddie Kingston had his back against the wall pretty much for the remainder of the Continental Classic. And he came back. He avenged that first loss against Brian Danielson in a phenomenal match this past Wednesday on Dynamite. And here we have it, the finals of the Continental Classic, Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, we also have for the TBS Championship, Julia Hart of House of Black defending the title against Abaddon. How have you felt about this story so far? I've been intrigued. I like that they got me reinvested in Abaddon. And just like Sky Blue, I love seeing the growth that we've been seeing with Julia Hart as well. Julia has been another one that uh, just kind of before our eyes has grown. And I think it's a testament to the title itself, the TBS title. Um, speaking of women's championships, we've got the AEW Women's World Championship. Timeless Tony Storm, the AEW Women's World Champion, will be defending the title against the very first aew women's world champion like literally when i say very first i mean on the current championship she's literally on the belt riho 
the very first AEW Women's World Champion. This is her first time competing on an AEW pay-per-view since, if I remember correctly, Full Gear 2019 when she defended Wait, the title. Wait, what? When she defended the title against Emi Sakura. Uh, and here we have Riho, or at least in a singles match. In a one-on-one match, this is the first time we've seen Riho um, versus, or in a singles match on pay-per-view. Oh, shit. Damn. Well, you know what? I'm happy to see Riho in this match and get this opportunity. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, this this could go either direction. Um, we know that Timeless Tony Storm is... Uh, is <laughs> she, look, genuinely one of my favorite acts Does she on, call on you television. Will backstage or does she call you William, darling? <laughs> what does she call you? I don't know. It's, it's usually Will and it's great. But, is uh, it Will, darling? <laughs> but she has definitely... Um, she she definitely gave me a whole rant about uh, because she's timeless. Uh, I I walked in and she was like, "Is that a watch? Don't you know I'm timeless, Tony Storm? We don't have watches around here." I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good." Um, but either way, AEW Women's World Title on the line. This is uh, this is going to be excellent. I think I, I think Riho, as great as she is, I think. Uh, doesn't get enough credit for how great she truly is, and I think her and Tony Storm are going to tear the house down. Um, but continuing on, we have... Sorry, I just had everything pulled up right in front of me. We have an eight-man tag team match where we're going to see Ricky Starks and Big Bill teaming up with the Don Callis families, Kanosuke Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs, to take on the reunited less sex gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Yo, St- it's Sting! It's Sting. Look, we had a lot go down this past week with uh, Sammy Guevara leaving the Don Callis family, reuniting with Chris Jericho, uh, and teaming with Sting and Darby Allen. We're approaching the end of Sting's career, so anytime you get a chance to see Sting and Darby together is always really cool. I think that. Um, Ricky Starks and Big Bill have been an unexpectedly great tag team, um, but then also we've seen a whole lot of dominance from uh, Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs, and also a little bit of reuniting. Let's see if Taz is really excited on commentary because it's the first time Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs have reteamed in almost a year and a half uh, following the falling apart of Team Taz. Uh, so, again, a lot happening there. We've also got a no-disqualification match for the AEW TNT Championship. Christian Cage takes on Adam Copeland, his former best friend. We saw these two go one-on-one for the TNT Championship uh, a little over a month ago. And uh, we thought we were going to see a resolution here. However, Shayna Wayne, who is as tall as she looks on TV, folks. Um, is she taller than you, Will? I think she is. I think she is. Um, uh, have I ever seen her not in heels, though? So maybe. But either way, Sh- Shayna Wayne is tall. Um, but Shayna Wayne will be uh, in the corner. Christian Cage. We've got Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland again. Uh, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And we've seen them uh, together. We've seen them on opposite ends of the ring. Last time, uh, Adam Copeland nearly had the TNT Championship one, but Shayna Wayne, uh, I can't even say double-crossed Adam because, honestly, Adam Copeland kind of concertoed her son. So, really, uh, who's to say who had what coming? But at the end of the day, it's no disqualification now. We're going to see these two tear the house down. Um, 
they've always worked well together, whether it's as partners, whether it's as enemies. And uh, there's so much history there for the TNT title. We also have, speaking of teams with history, Swerve Strickland going one-on-one with Keith Lee. These two, the former AEW World Tag Team Champions. This has been a story that people have been waiting to see a resolution to for a very, very, very long time. Um, Literally, it was a year ago uh, in San Antonio, uh, where Keith Lee was betrayed by Swerve Strickland officially, got double-stomped with a cinder block. Uh, we've seen them have uh, many interactions over the last year. They've been on opposite ends of tag matches. They've had to re-team as a tag team in the Blind Eliminator. Uh, but finally, for the first time ever, first time, Swerve Strickland goes one-on-one with Keith Lee. And... Uh, you know, both of these guys, I think, are in a very different position than they were a year ago. And to see they're in a very different position than they were as tag team partners as well. And to see the growth that they've both had and to see where they both ended up here. And, uh, you know, the fact that since really the start of Collision, we really haven't even seen these two face to face. We haven't seen them on the same screen. And there's a little part of me that's really excited to see these two finally face to face in the ring together after all this time one-on-one at world's end swerve strickland went on a phenomenal run in the continental classic uh it's unfortunate for him that it ended the way it did where he didn't even get pinned uh and he could have some frustrations to take on keith lee but at the same time keith lee uh has been targeting him for the last month and a half on collision he has been calling him out and uh for for quite some time, we thought it, we, he was talking about uh, Shane Taylor, uh, but once he defeated Shane Taylor, it was very clear that he had a different him in mind, and for that to be Swerve Strickland, for them to finally be going one-on-one, I think is also really cool. Uh, we've also got Miro going one-on-one with Andrade El Idolo. Uh, Andrade El Idolo, of course, being managed by Miro's wife, CJ Perry, and... You know, that one's really interesting here because uh, anybody who has been tied to CJ has really felt the wrath of Miro, except for Andrade. Andrade went through a phenomenal run through the Continental Classic. Uh, he, he own, I mean, honestly, it came down to a tiebreaker. It was him and Eddie Kingston who both ended up with nine points, but because Eddie Kingston defeated Andrade, Eddie Kingston had the tiebreaker. But... Uh, he has shown that CJ has a lot to offer as a manager and for Miro to now have Andrade in his sights. Uh, will he see the same fate that a lot of people who have interacted with uh, CJ have had, or will Andrade continue his momentum? Um, so I don't know. I'm excited for that one. Uh, we've got the eight man tag. Speaking of the continental classic, pretty much all the remaining people from the continental classic are now in this eight-man tag match. We're going to see Claudio Castagnoli. We're going to see Brian Danielson. We're going to see Mark Briscoe from the Gold League teaming with Blue League's Daniel Garcia to take on uh, Brody King, who was in the Blue League, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh, who were in the Gold League. Uh, And all of these guys, I think, should tip their hat to just uh, standing ovation for these guys for what they were able to accomplish in the Continental Classic. And uh, even though they're not in the final, I think... They all proved a lot. And to do kind of this all-star match that has all of the Continental Classic guys in it who aren't in other matches, uh, like Miro versus Andrade and Swerve versus Keith Lee, um, 
I think this is this this was a great idea and a great way to uh, showcase again what the Continental Classic brought to the table. But the granddaddy of them all, the AEW World Championship on the line, MJF, the longest reigning AEW World Champion of all time, is going one on one with the King of Television, Samoa Joe. Joe revealing this past Wednesday that he's been in cahoots with the devil. And it's almost like if you look back, oh my God, he has been this entire time, hasn't he? Uh, because Samoa Joe, of course, um, costing MJF the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against the Devil's Masked Men, and uh, and then Samoa Joe revealing himself. Um, so Samoa Joe, so did I say Samoa Joe cost him that? That's not actually what happened. <laughs> but um, <laughs> actually, because it was the third guy, it was the uh, the third masked man with the the lead pipe that struck MJF. MJF got hit with a heat seeker, and then Samoa Joe came out and uh, cracked that chair over MJF, uh, who is already walking into this match, as he's mentioned, with a bad shoulder, uh, as you saw at the beginning of the match. We're in MJF's hometown, Long Island, New York. MJF has talked about wanting to perform on this stage, Nassau Coliseum. It's an arena that he grew up going to. and he's walking in as the longest reigning AEW world champion, but his title has never been in more jeopardy than it is right now. Tomorrow night, Samoa Joe could walk away as the new AEW world champion, but also we have the devil looming. And there's so many aspects to what's going on right now. I feel like uh, the outcome of this match has never been in more doubt because on one end, you know, you can very much see this being the end of the, the world for MJF. But at the same time, we're in his hometown. And uh, this is a big, big night for MJF. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. It's World's End. It's our first pay-per-view in New York. You can see it tomorrow on pay-per-view, traditional pay-per-view. It's on Bleacher Report. If you're watching internationally, it's on the former Fight TV um, you have to check it out. I got to tell you, I'm very excited for a lot of these matches. Of course, like, uh, you know, you're mentioning uh, getting to see the Blackpool Combat Club and uh, all of the guys that were in the Continental Classic uh, in that eight man. I'm so excited for that, man. I think that's when that was announced, what, yesterday? I was like, oh, shoot. Like, this was such a good way to kind of round things out for the guys that uh, almost made it, almost made it uh, to the actual finals. We have a super chat here from Hunter Tillman who says, All elite will. So good to see the dynamic duo back reunited. That intro shed a tear, just sending love and very proud of your success. Most favorite part about working with AEW so far. Happy New Year. Um, I mean, it's kind of a, a cliche answer, but I find myself looking forward to things like every single week. I think that uh, I, I get excited. Like I'm literally I'm boarding a plane in less than 12 hours to be at World's End. And uh, and literally, I've only been home less than a day from Dynamite uh, in Orlando this past week, which shout out Orlando, phenomenal crowd in Orlando this week. Um, they were so loud and and so rowdy for literally everything. But San Antonio was great last week too. You guys with the two signs in the the second row, uh, the first and second row, honestly made the show. Um, I I'm always happy with every crowd, but uh, these last couple of weeks have been really really good. 
Johnny wants to know when you're releasing your book from YouTube to AEW. <laughs> I would it like would go, to read that. Will. It would go from from podcast. I, it, I would say it's like from iTunes to YouTube to AEW. <laughs> Freaking iTunes. Yeah. Uh, or even like because I my podcasting run predated Apple having podcasts. It was actually before that. It was uh, podcast.net. Um, don't go to that site. I don't know what's there now, but, uh, that's, uh, so I don't endorse whatever that is. Jose Palomaro says, welcome back. Will, did you have any tamales this holiday week? Which flavors are your favorite? Uh, I'm guessing this is a reference to things happening on your channel, Denise. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff happening on this channel, but yeah, will you have had tamales though, right? Of course I have. Oh, thank God. I was like about to start questioning this friendship. Do you have any favorites? No, I'm not particularly picky about them, but I do love them. Um, I thought it was funny. I was watching you the other day and somebody asked you about the husk and you didn't know that was the name of it. And I thought that was funny. Yeah, I didn't actually. I didn't know that. <laughs> Matt Raikiel says, welcome back, Will. Miss Nuggets Hoops Talk. So pumped for John versus Eddie and the progression of the devil storyline. Ah, well, if you missed Nuggets Hoops Talk, let me tell you, Matt. Uh, the Denver Nuggets last night beat the Memphis Grizzlies by 30-something points. Jokic had a triple-double and didn't miss a shot. 11 for 11. This man will go down as one of the greatest centers in the history of the game. Yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah, that just went over my head. Uh, well, uh, yeah, do you know what else goes over your head? Championship <laughs> banners because the Denver Nuggets are your reigning and defending NBA world champions, baby. It's really Brian says Wednesday was my first live AEW show. Seeing Eddie was right up there with seeing Becky win the NXT title. Come back to Orlando soon. Love you both. Hey, uh, I'm glad you had a great time. Uh, that arena has been very great to AEW. We've seen a lot there. We've seen um, like just right off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure uh, Cody versus Malachi took place in that arena. Uh, we also saw Revolution 2022 was in that arena. That was uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Uh, Swerve Strickland debuted in that arena. And uh, to get to do this show in that very building um, was great. And also the, the office area backstage was actually really roomy. And there was plenty of places to sit. So thumbs up there. I'm not going to say which arena has had the smallest uh, office area, but... I am going to say that I am surprised that AEW has run that arena as much as it has for the place to be that small. That's all. Okay, okay. Well, we'll piece the, the puzzle later on. Deontay uh -huh. Swainier says, Denise Salcedo, ma'am, you look fantastic with glasses. Yes, I'm hyping you up. I always will. Damn it, pop off. Let's fucking go. Deontay Swainier, thank you so much for the love. She should wear them all the time. Uh, she, no, needs the well. she needs the anti-reflective because otherwise I, I no, do. No, because I, then if I get the anti-reflective, then I'm going to be wearing them on a podcast and I don't want to do that. I don't need them on the podcast. I can see. This conversation literally came up because you were squinting at a super chat. What are we talking about? Yeah, but that was just like a one-time thing. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest of all time, 74, says, is this Will's revenge for picking on Reg for Keith Lee versus Swerve? I picked a lot on Reg. For, I trolled him because he said this math match was never going to happen. So, First rule of go. wrestling is never say never. 
Now D says, Denise, they look good. Trust me, I was ready to make the jokes, but they look good. Oh my God, if anybody made a joke, I'd probably cry. <laughs> Thank you so much to Matt Reichel. He says, you uh, look great, Denise, with the glasses. I appreciate you guys letting me know that. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get some more here. This one's from Brian Smith, who says, um, hello to both of you, or happy new year to both of you. For Will, how has it been to get to know the AEW locker room? Anyone that it took a while to win over? Anyone surprise you? Uh, not my place to talk about personal relationships with anything. Um, I mean, no one's really been a surprise. I, I, Who's I, your I do, best friend, Will? That's I, the end. That's the question. I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I have developed some really close friends in AEW. You know, I've always talked about how, um, like, Amanda Huber and Aubrey have become, like, very, very close friends of mine. I talk to them a lot, all the time. Uh but those are the ones that everybody kind of publicly knows about anyway. Other than that, uh, I'm not going to pick a favorite. All righty. Uh, we have this question here. This is from T. And it's up to you, Will, how you feel about this one. It says, yay, ATW, grasses, grasses, glasses. <laughs> Maybe I do need glasses. I'm here reading grasses. Um, what's the biggest misconception fans have of AEW? What's it like on social media being on the other side of this discussion? Hope to see you both at All In. Um, I'll be at all in. Uh, biggest misconception, because um, there's a lot of them. I mean, I said the last time I did this show that the biggest takeaway I've had is that nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I wish I could say that that feeling has diminished a little bit, but oh, it has not. Well, uh, you did me dirty. You told me you love watching my prediction shows so you can see everything that I got wrong. Oh, that's and great. You, and then you made fun of me. You made fun of my <laughs> predictions, Will. Look, okay, um, I do that a lot. I actually watch a lot of uh, wrestling podcasts and listen to a lot of them um, because I'm like, hey, how on the money are they with, with their thinking of like the thought process behind this or um, or even their predictions, any of this stuff? And like when they're not even close, when they're not even in the ballpark, that's like my favorite thing. And uh, I'm like continually going to... Uh, get personal amusement out of that. Yeah, thanks, Will. Thank you a whole lot. There's times where I'm like, oh, I feel really good about that show and my predictions. And then I look at my phone and you're like, you're LOL. just making fun of me. Yeah, yeah LOL. Uh, and I'm like, thanks, Will. You just made my day. Thank you. Yes. Mac, uh, Mac from BK says, good to see you and Denise back together, even if it's only a one-off. I'll see you next week in Newark for Dynamite. That should be a great show. I think, uh, honestly it's you know the first show after a pay-per-view i think is always exciting um but yeah i think that should be a really great show we got alexander fitzgerald who says i went to my first AEW show in portland last month and being there live was great will what was your reaction when adam copeland signed to AEW? that was a big one yeah that was exciting that was uh that was fun to to get to to do that and uh i always when Christian and uh, Adam Copeland faced each other a few weeks ago, I sat back and I thought about their theme songs. And, you know, Christian comes out to his theme, and I thought, this was a theme song that was established in TNA. And then Adam Copeland comes out to his theme song, and I'm like, this was a theme song that was established in WWE. And to hear these songs played back-to-back -back in AEW is actually, like, a really cool little fact that's like one of those things where you look at uh how much aew is truly this uh 
this amalgamation of so much wrestling history where we've got history from Ring of Honor, we've got history from TNA, we've got history from the World Wrestling Federation, we've got history from WCW, but then we've got so much of our own history that is laid on top of that, and I just love how much of that AEW represents. And so, yeah, when Adam Copeland came in, it was just another one of those pieces of wrestling history that AEW gets to hold on to, and that's really cool. It is really cool, honestly. Uh, yes, boy says, what's a wrestling story y'all would like to see A24 produce? Insert actors you'd like to see cast. Give me an Eddie Guerrero biopic starring Pedro Pascal. I mean, look, every, I, I had that same thought, and everybody's posted the picture of Pedro Pascal as Eddie Guerrero. I mean, you are on the money. That's the one. I don't think anybody should make another wrestling bio unless you get Eddie Guerrero starring Pedro Pascal. That's the one. Von Twinblade says, hey, yo, is that Swerve's cousin? Been a while, Lil. <laughs> uh, probably multiple other things at this point, but sure. <laughs> Tyrone Kidd. Uh, let's see what Tyrone Kidd says. Tag team back again. Hey, guys. You're not even saying that correctly. First off, have you never heard Womp There It Is? It's oh. tag team back again. All right, go ahead. No, I didn't even know that that was like oh, the way that oh. I had to sing that. I didn't even realize it was a song until now. I just saw the little song symbol thing sorry go ahead all right tyrone kid says tag team back what was how did it go again yeah tag team back again it's literally the opening tag team there. back again yes there you go okay <laughs> hey guys will much love and respect for your journey bruh just don't go in the gym too hard we already got one big swole yeah uh i uh i i can't help that um although i've been sick the last week so i actually haven't been to the gym at all in the last yeah it's been a week now so uh, I'm hoping to get back in Sunday. Sunday, I think I will find the time, assuming all goes well with my travel home from uh, Long Island. MBF says, Will, big fan, been hearing Restore the Feeling a lot lately. Curious what that means to you when you hear that. Um, look, I've, I've been a fan of AEW since day one, um, and I know this product in and out. Uh, I've seen every episode of dark i've seen every episode of dark elevation i've seen every dynamite rampage collision um i've seen like even even when i work on the shows i still come home on thursdays and rewatch the show as a fan and i said all that to say that to me when you talk about the feeling there's that feeling of uh what aew brought to the table from day one it, it was this different you know it was a different feeling show than anything else on television and uh every single time you can get AEW TV to feel like that again that to me is restoring the feeling and i get that and i think that the uh continental classic for example was one of the best examples of that i think that when you had excuse me um an entire sports-based presentation through the the entirety of that um uh, through, the, uh, through the entirety of the tournament. We did it round-robin style. We had the point system. Um, but then we had these incredible matches that had no interference, uh, that had kind of straight-up clean finishes. And then on top of that, we were also able to, um, to have these incredible promos. I think the promos uh, should be what a lot of people got out of these. And we were able to tell some great stories with it, too. And that, to me, felt like, at its core, what AEW has always brought to the table, which is um, something unique to professional wrestling. And to me, anytime we can give people a piece of AEW that you can't get anywhere else, that, to me, is restoring the feeling. Yep, I love that. Uh, really great explanation there. 
Delayed Grad says, Will, if a water bottle has no water, is it A, waterless, B, zero water, C, empty, or D, it's C? I mean, yeah, what, what kind of question is this? This is C, it's empty. What? I'm guessing this is another thing from your channel where you yeah. said something silly and people made fun of you for it. Yep, yep. Yeah, I uh, forgot the word for empty water bottle. And I was <laughs> like, you know how Action and Dreddy did the thing with the gulp and then he smashed the water bottle? Yeah. Well, I tried it, but I tried it in the pot on the podcast last Wednesday, but I asked Reg and the viewers, I was like, was that water bottle with water or was it waterless? You mean empty? Yeah, but I forgot empty. Waterless was just the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. Empty was just not in there. So there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you so much uh, to Delayed uh, Gratz for that as well. Um, all righty. And uh, last one here. Uh, Van Twinblade says that they're going to be... Um, that they're, oh, he's just saying that he's going to be at Glory, Glory Pro. Pro? Yeah, right. Glory yeah. Pro. Right. He's going to be at Glory Pro and uh, brings up Warhorse and Jake something. And yeah, that sounds pretty cool, man. Sounds awesome, Van Twinblade. I hope you have an awesome time. Um, Will, we're rounding out the year. We're going into 2024. We're all talking about it. Brand new you, brand new year. What's new year, new you? That's the whole thing. Will, what's the goal? What's the goal for 2024? What's the dream? What's the bucket list? What is it? I can't answer that, Denise, because if you For you personally. Me, no, I can't answer that. And the reason I can't answer that is because if you had asked me at the end of 2022, what is your goal for 2023? Working for a professional wrestling company uh, and helping create live wrestling television was not on that list. That wasn't something that I was ever planning on being or doing or even being good at. And uh, if I may toot my horn just a little bit, I think I am pretty good at my job. Um, and, uh, and I know there's going to be the trolls who, who are going to try to remind me that I'm not. And to that, I say, <laughs> um, but the, uh, but truly, uh, this was not something that I expected in my life, but I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity. I'm incredibly grateful to be in the place I'm in in my life, but to make any like, so it's really hard. The, the most I can say is. Uh, I want to see AEW continue to to grow. I want to see AEW be in a really good place. Um, and I think that when I look at the, the forecast for 2024 and how much is on the table for 2024, uh, I genuinely, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely feel good. And so I say all this to say that, um, yeah, thank you to everybody who like supported me on this journey of mine over these last eight months. Uh, and uh, a genuine thank you. I tell him all the time, but I'm still going to say a thank you to Tony Khan uh, because without him, this opportunity wouldn't exist. And uh, World's End certainly wouldn't be happening, which is going to be happening tomorrow night, Nassau Coliseum. Tickets still available, awtix.com, and also available on pay-per-view, traditional pay-per-view, and it's on Bleacher Report. Come watch the show. See the show. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a good time. It's always a good time. I, I think that AEW on pay-per-view always does something remarkable. Uh, we had a great streak of pay-per-views, really, from Forbidden Door all the way through Full Gear, and I think it's going to continue with World's End. 
Well, before we end the podcast, is there anything else that you wanted to add or do you think we got everything? Um, and oh, uh, we still got one more question. Actually, we got a super chat here from Michael Wallace who says, when is AEW coming to Arkansas? Keep up the great work. Have they not gone to Arkansas yet? Never been. Uh, oh, but shoot. keep watching the calendar, AEWTIX.com. That's awesome. Well, any last and final thoughts that you want to get out there to the people, to the I- masses? I'm not dying after this. Um, <laughs> hey, I don't know when you're coming back on the show, man. Well, if then if you want to hear from me, you can always check out AEW Unrestricted, which is every th- available every <laughs> Thursday uh, on all your favorite podcast platforms. And then we drop video episodes every Monday um, on our YouTube channel. And it's me. It's Aubrey Edwards, who's one of my best buddies in the whole world. I love Aubrey. And uh, yeah. You can check me out. Um, so you don't get any shortage of me here. I literally am sitting in this exact spot every week on AEW Unrestricted. But we get to interview some talent. We've got some cool guests coming up. Um, we actually have an episode with uh, – actually, that's in a few weeks. But we'll be talking with um, uh, Scott Scott Taylor, who recently, uh, as people know, who were at the Orlando show, got to make his return to the ring. And he got a great pop. Uh, the audience all knowing the worm. It was all so great. Like I, I felt so good uh, watching uh, good old Scotty get to do all of that again. And uh, yeah, that's it. I love that's it. awesome. Well, Will, I hope to have you back here on the show pretty soon. Uh, Cause uh, you know, I always love chatting with you on, on the air and having this like moment to, you know, just talk about pro wrestling. Uh, we got another one here from Speed Punk before we close it out. It says, uh, I went to AEW in Oklahoma and I'm going to go try, try to go in Tulsa as you well. Should, you should go in Tulsa. Uh, Thank you so much, Speed Punk. Yeah. Coming up in January. All righty. February. February. Uh, Alrighty, <laughs> sorry, Will. But either way, <laughs> hold on. Uh, I, I can do this. Right? Ready? Because uh, we had, we used to have music for oh, this yeah. when we played. Yeah, right. that's oh, right. We did. We did, and I'm going to play it. Are you ready? So I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, this has been... I was about to say EW Unrestricted, and that's not the case. This has actually been After the Week with Will Washington and Denise Salcedo. We'll see you next time. Peace.